we do social media so much. We type and text and WhatsApp each other so much. But you know so what much. that is? But we can't communicate. We that can't have a conversation. Surface. That is surface BS. And if I can't mm-hmm. have a conversation with you and build that simple, simple foundation of intimacy, why are we having sex? That is an excellent question. And this and many more will be answered on this week's episode of Grassroots Radio. Welcome back to the show. My name is Unique Bird, your host, and this week we are kicking off our series on sex and sex education by speaking with the two very capable co-hosts of the web series, Let's Talk Sex, Marcella Jardine and Aisha Fabian. So if you have questions about sex and intimacy, they've got answers and you can find a lot of those answers in this very podcast. Marcella and Aisha are committed to not just talking about sex as a physical act, but really discussing and showcasing the way that our sexual being interacts and interplays with the wider scope of our lives. Later in the series, we will hear from Zoe Teague, giving us a legal perspective on our sexual activities and Rosalie Richards, who will be giving us a psychological take on the topic and also discussing the ramifications of letting our children be educated about sex through the internet and pornography. So be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for those episodes coming next. Now here's Marcella Jardine and Aisha Fabian to tell you who they are. Hello, good day to everyone. My name is Marcella Jardine, also known as MJ or MJ the Poet. I am 20, how much? I am 29 years old. I am a poet, spoken word artist. I am a host. I am a mother. I am also the content creator of Let's Talk Sex. I host my own open mic as well, because I do believe in the arts here in Antigua, poetry and everything else that has to do with art. I guess that's basically it for for me. (laughs) (laughs) And this is my lovely co-host, Aisha. So hi, I'm Aisha. Um, I am a content creator for Let's Talk Sex. I am a sexual health enthusiast, a sexual pleasure enthusiast, orgasm enthusiast, if you want to say. Um, I'm a lover of life and um, everything that makes me laugh. Uh, I'm hardworking, ambitious, all that good stuff. But my main focus um, is really to change the conversation as it comes to sex and our sexuality. So that's the reason why the platform exists. That's the reason why we do Let's Talk Sex. Awesome. Can you tell me about the actual genesis of Let's Talk Sex? Like how long have you guys been doing this show and why did you originally like get together and start doing this? I like to tell the story. <laughs> it's been over a year now. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been two years yet. No. No, it hasn't been two years yet, but it's been over a year now when Aisha um, approached me about the show. We didn't have a name yet, but she had a beautiful concept. And she wanted to work for us to work together, not only as people who believe in change in the conversation, but as females who believe in change in the conversations, as women who love who we are and love our sex and our sexuality. So she approached me and I was like, sure, this sounds like a dope idea. 
and I'll be more than happy to go ahead and, you know, start this with you. So she approached me and we came together. We came together with the idea how we're going to start it out. We actually started first on Facebook. We were doing Facebook Lives and we also have sound we also had at the time soundcloud but we right. now everything is moved to youtube where we pre-record our episodes what was kind of the decision behind moving to youtube as opposed to doing soundcloud and facebook well facebook and the so- social media is great you know social media yeah. is where we all market ourselves it's great marketing opportunity we market ourselves we put ourselves out everyone gets to see you but with social media, you know, your content is not really protected, quote, quote unquote, if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. And the lives were great. People were able to interact with us then and there and everything. The lives were awesome. But then it didn't really get our, our message across the way we wanted to. So we decided to go to YouTube where we know we can really capitalize on this conversation, where we know we can reach more people to change this conversation. And we are also able to pre-record so we're able to put out better content. We don't want to put out shabby content. It's not about putting out shabby content. We really put time and energy and money into Let's Talk Sex. So we wanted to not just have something on a level one platform we wanted to change a conversation but bring something that is of great quality to everyone so that's why we moved to pre-recordings to youtube right so it gave you a lot more control over your message as opposed to being yes constantly in interaction with the audience and kind of going in their direction correct yeah. correct okay Part of your mission is changing the conversation around sex. So what would you say are some of those big things or some of the big misconceptions that people have that you most are trying to change? So the major uh, misconception I would say is that the show is only about sex because there's so much more to it. Um, We do touch on different topics, Mm -hmm. um, like, for instance, gender issues, or we've touched on intimacy, which, yes, it has to do with sex, we feel that intimacy is the foundation of great sex. Yeah. Um, but in and of itself, you know, speaking about intimacy, how we were raised, how we were taught to touch um, each other in ways that we show love for one another, romance, we touched on love languages. So it's not just about the physical, the physical aspects mm-hmm. of sex, but mm-hmm. more so body, mind, body, and soul. Mind. Yeah, and then, you know, we also did an episode the other day on the single life and how it's always perceived as such a negative thing. Um, we want to change that conversation because I mean, you shouldn't feel like this desperation to be in a relationship. You need to find self and be comfortable with self to enjoy that single life and view it as a positive as opposed to um, a negative. So those are just some of the, the ways I think that, or the topics I think mm-hmm. we've tried to branch away from. You know. Yeah, that's, that's really good and, and really needed too, because there's often this pressure that like, okay, by the time you're in your mid twenties or whatever, you should be married. You should have children. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing that, then something somehow. Something is wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Were you getting a lot of questions about that kind of stuff when you were doing the lives? 
you no, know what? Not really. No, I think most people are just more fascinated with sexual practices. Like, you know, what does it mean if I like this? Or, you know, one time I did this. We we found that a lot of people wanted to tell their stories, and so we mm-hmm. have a segment on the show called Naughty Confessions, where um, people can write in and they can ask or they can tell us some of the things that they wanted to do or they have done. Um, we do have, or I have experienced in my personal life, people who do ask about, you know, how can you help me with this? Or I've always wondered about this particular thing. Um, can you do a show on it? Or can you help me or just have a conversation yeah, with yeah. them one-on-one? We, we really and truly choose our topics based on what we are seeing in society and things that we really want to talk about. Like our last episode was about the single life Mm -hmm. because Aisha and I are single and we realize there's a lot of pressure coming from people like, why are you not in a relationship? What happened to you? And, you know, doing our research and really sitting on, you know, realizing that, hey, this is some like a problem, especially for black women. You know, we're pressured into always being in a relationship. So a lot of our topics basically come from what we want to talk about. We mm-hmm. had a topic where we spoke about loving your yoni. And that's about women really connecting with their bodies and natural ways to take care of our bodies, take care of our energies. You know, so the topics that we come up with are topics that are endless, yeah, you know, okay. because sex is not just one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things affect sex. And that's what sometimes we fail to realize we think sex is just supposed to be physical it is it's and it's great when it's physical but it goes beyond that it goes mind body soul and we have to make sure all of these things are working together to have great sex for sure and what are some of the ways like let's say we're thinking about a maybe a 16 year old girl she hasn't really had a lot of sexual experience yet and she's trying to figure out, like, what is it that she likes? What is it that she wants to do? Who is it that she wants to be with? What are some of the pointers that you would give to someone in that situation who's just, like, coming into their own sexuality and trying to figure out, like, what, what is this? And, like, what do I even want from it? Especially from an emotional perspective. Find healthy ways. I can, I, I want to lead on this because... You know, my son, I had my son when I was pretty young. I had my son at 17. I got pregnant with him at 17. Mm -hmm. And I can openly say no as an adult that I should not have been having sex Mm -hmm. at that age. Like I was not ready for the, you know, the everything that comes after having sex that young. So, but however, what we, Aisha and I do agree on, curiosity. Kids are curious, children are curious, and there's nothing wrong with curiosity. We think that there is something wrong with it, but there's nothing wrong with it. So you're going to be curious, but find healthy ways. If you're not able to have a conversation with your parents, your mother or your father, find someone that you can have a genuine open conversation with, like your favorite teacher at school, the guidance counselor. You know, find someone, one of your aunts, one of your, if you have an older sibling who's, who has experienced that, you know, but I know it kind of comes back to a lot of us are so scared to have conversations with these teenagers and these children about sex and sexuality. We have it so taboo and so secretive that 
you know, sometimes it's hard for a 16-year-old to even say how they feel or ask a question. But if you are 16, listening to my voice, find healthy ways of getting that information that you need. You know, don't go asking your friends because they're, yeah, they, they're not going to know. The <laughs> they're in the same place as you. They exactly. Have, like, you know, bad advice and you don't want you definitely don't want to follow that so i'll i'll definitely echo that where you know you do find those healthy ways um to practice what you need to practice send us an email and have um (laughs) and have these conversations i think in terms of finding out who who you are you're going to have to spend time with with yourself yes and and I mean that in every sense of the way, in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of everything, as in, you know, being at home, finding what you like to do in your personal time. And, and even, I mean, let's be honest, at 16, we were already doing things. <laughs> yes, yes, Whether we yes. had a partner or not, let's just be real. Yes. We were already doing things. And there's nothing wrong with you exploring that sexual side of you. Mm-hmm. Because what I hate is when, you know, I'm having a conversation with a female that's about my age. And they have a negative relationship or they, are, they have a shame attached to masturbation or their solo pleasure. So I feel that, you know, in growing up, you should not attach any source of shame to that because what that does it is clouds you. You're when, you get older. when you get older, you have a block up sexually. And when it's time for you to connect with someone, you lack you lack what is required to, to get that intimacy. Mm-hmm. So explore what you like and don't have any sort of shame. It's totally natural. Yes, it's fine it to be curious. It feels good. And there's a reason why yeah. it feels good. Just make sure you're safe and you're, you're, you're enjoying it. Yes, you know? and make sure you are, of course, as I said, reaching out and getting the correct information, yes. whether it may be an adult. I wouldn't really want to say the internet. But if it's an adult, someone that you can really trust, but I will go even far as saying, like, shoot us an email. Let's talk sex 268 at gmail.com. I know how teenage pregnancy, you know, has kind of a stigma on young girls. So if I can share my story to help anyone and prevent anything, I don't mind helping. So if you're curious, you can shoot us an email and we'll try our very best to assist. Awesome. Well, I'm kind of super curious about your story um, as a teen mom and kind of how you navigated that incredibly (laughs) murky situation and how you were able to pull through it to be the phenomenal woman that you are today. Oh, thank you. Um, It wasn't easy. Uh, Definitely. Of course not. Definitely was not easy. But, you know, I made the decision to you know be curious and let my curiosity run wild and my son was here he never as as we say in Antigua he never sent con call me you know and he came and as soon as he opened his two eyes I knew hey it's time to shape up it's time to woman up because you have innocent life looking at you um I think for me from a young age I was always different I always thought outside of the box I always matured you know, I always matured. I was very mature from my age. I read a lot. I was always curious. So I did feel that shame. I did feel that burden of society looking at me like, oh my God, you're 17. You must have your first child in a fifth farm. What are you doing with your life? You know, yeah. show away your whole life. But I had to pull myself out of it because 
I would never want to really care what people thought, really and truly, but I'm not going to act like if the eyes and the questions weren't taunting me every day. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just took responsibility for my actions and understood, hey, you did what you had to do. He's here. He doesn't deserve to be neglected. It's time to grow up. Let not what society has to say about you determine what type of woman you are and what type of mother you are. And I had to just take myself through that. And I guess it's also the love that my son had for me. He kept looking at me and my daughter when she was born as well. He kept looking at me like, hey, you are superwoman and I'm going to follow you wherever you want me to go. So I realized I had to make, you know, like make the right steps to be not a perfect mother, but the best mother I can be. I just had to pull myself out of it, you know, throw back my shoulders, shoulders and just say, I have to make the decision not to let society put me in a box. I'm not going to fail because, oh, society say when you get pregnant, as, you know, as a teenager, your life is done. Right. Let me be that 1%. Let me change that conversation that, hey, teenage pregnancy is not great. It shouldn't be happening, but it's not the end of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic, too, because now you're out there as like this beacon for other women who might find themselves in the same situation. And now they have that example to say, OK, MJ did it so I can do it. Too. Uh, I can walk a similar path. And trust me, in the easy, you know, like it's not easy. Um, what I know now about mental health, I really wish I knew then because maybe I would have, you know, gone to a therapist then and did, you know, the whole therapy, if, especially after postpartum depression. But still, it's not easy. And I say to other teenage mothers, even other mothers who are wondering, what the hell did I just do? Why did I have a baby? It is not easy. But trust me, it gets better. It gets so much better, especially when they're big and they're looking at you and they love you so much and they see superwoman, it gets better. Just hold on, fight. If you have the opportunity to get therapy, do it now because your mental state is so much, your sanity is so important, but it does get better. So I wanted to touch on the the whole tabooness that kind of came up and it, it it's a big thing for our culture, right? Like, and I wonder to what degree that has to do with the older generations maybe also going through similar things like teenage pregnancies and not having that kind of awareness about the intersection of mental health and their sexuality and they're just kind of plugging and muddling through. So when they see someone who's much younger, who's kind of struggling with the old things because they never really got the support that they needed when they were going through it. They don't really know how to provide oh. that support. No, you're, you're basically right. That's basically how it is. Like our parents and our parents' parents were not equipped, you know, with ways to take care of their mental health and mm-hmm. ways to embrace their sexuality. Everything is kind of seen as a hush-hush. Hush-hush. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you, you know the teenage pregnancies, you know? Um, so I know of a family where, you know, the, the grandmother is very stern, very prudish. And, you know, one of the younger kids in the family, you know, she got pregnant and it was this big huwara. And I remember them saying, I don't even understand why grandma is upset about this. She had her first kid out of wedlock. 
Right. And it's it's like if even though they have done things that are outside of the quote unquote norm where they've had kids outside of wedlock, they still kind of bring down that shame on our generation because let's not talk about the bad parts. Mm-hmm. The good mm-hmm. thing is I did the right things right after I got married and I have all my other kids in wedlock. So everything is fine. Nobody's give nobody gives measures to prevent it yes everyone right. just gives shame instead yeah right. so it's, it's just condemnation after the fact yes yeah. instead of equipping our young girls and letting them know you need to own your sexuality you have rights to your body you can say when and when you don't want to break your virginity we just shame it and these girls are so curious everybody's curious 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 and sex happens and teenage pregnancy happens you know, everything just a hush-hush. I remember growing up and watching movies and mommy will cover your eyes. Because you're not supposed to see kissing. Oh yeah. Or not even like, kissing. <laughs> not even kissing. Or, um, for instance, you know, kids will be kids. They will rub up on things because it feels good. And there is an automatically, stop doing that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And, and there's no explanation, explanation behind as to, of it. Yes. And so every time something feels good, we're so like, oh, I shouldn't do this because this is wrong. This is dirty. This is nasty. Mm-hmm. And we automatically associate sex as being a completely dirty thing. Yeah. And we need to, like, from our generation with MJ raising her kids, she's very, very open with them. She's, she talks about, I mean... They, anything. Anything. They, they know as sex know, toys. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> want to do that too and growing up my parents were like that too my parents sold sex toys and laundry and and had all these books and so I was very already I guess my mind was open to it but if I asked my father about his rearing no that was not a part of it mm-hmm. so I don't know like there's this theory about nature versus nurture and you wonder like what really like forms you as a person mm-hmm. that's probably a whole different conversation <laughs> but that's but why yeah, we're, we're doing now, the show that's why we're now doing the show so our generation can know sex is natural sex is okay let's have open and honest conversation about what sex should feel like body mind and soul and let's try to change that conversation for our children for our children's children our past my mom's generation Aisha's mom's and her generation Okay, that was done. It was very hush-hush then. We now have the power to change the conversation and not make it hush-hush anymore. So we can stop the... Hey, it starts the question. Maybe this is why. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've heard the stories of, you know, the, your grandfather being the... The, the player. The player. Right? Has about, like... Has um, about 20, 20 women. Yeah. You want to know why this probably was? Because they were not having conversations about what they needed sexually. Yes. Having conversations about sex... For whatever reason, is a bad with thing. women, and I, I, I feel bad to say this sometimes, with women back then is that they were so prudish, whereas men, they were like very raw. They would have those types of conversations. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like this. But women were like, oh no, clutches pearls. No, we're not going to have that conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so maybe that's the reason that I'm not saying that, you know, because you're not getting what you need sexually from a partner, that means you should cheat. But maybe that's the reason why, because they weren't having conversations about what they needed from each other. Yeah. And because like the genders are so different, I mean, within the cultural context that we're talking about, if you have a bunch of prudish women and then you have the men who are just kind of like following their animal instincts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it becomes like a situation where 
the dudes can take advantage of the fact that the women are not going to talk about it. They're not going to say anything, even if you might have an inkling or an awareness that like he's cheating or he's doing this with all these other women. You're not ever going to say anything because you can't mm-hmm. go there. So then, you know, this is how you end up with secret families and yep. all this drama that could just be avoided if people were communicating more clearly yeah. and openly. That's the first rule of let's talk sex, communication. We always say, as human beings, I don't know, we do social media so much. We type in text and WhatsApp each other so much. But you so know what much, that is? But we can't communicate. We can't have a conversation. Surface. That is surface BS. That is just asking about the weather and all of that. That's just surface. We can't. We don't have depth conversations, conversations about what you like, what you don't like, and that is why we did episodes like romance and intimacy. You know, yes. intimacy is the foundation. We have associated sex so much with just physical that we have forgotten that we need to have a conversation about what I may like and what I don't like. And if I can't have a conversation with you and build that simple, simple foundation of intimacy, why are we having sex? Yeah. Woman. Yeah, just for gratification that's going to yeah. leave you feeling the kind of way afterwards. Yeah. And it starts, of course, with how we speak to our children and how we let what we let our children know. We shouldn't be afraid. Like, this is 2020. Sex is everywhere for our children to see. Everywhere. Everywhere. Even in those little cartoons. Exactly. Everywhere. So it's up to you to equip yourself as a parent. And once you have understood your sexuality and you love your body and you love who you are, teach that to your children so they don't grow up learning from the outside world, learning bad habits, learning Mm -hmm. negative energy, getting negative energy and negative sex. Teach them from now, have an open and real conversation with what love and sex and feelings should look and, you know, look and feel like, basically. What would you say to parents who think that sexual education should be left up to the schools. Like, I shouldn't have to talk to my kids about this. No. This should be something that they get Absolute, in school. I, you Absolutely know what? not. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. Oh, at least our, like our an 80, 80-10 type of ratio thing. The thing is, the thing is, though, like, I went to Catholic school. So our sex education basically was abstinence. Abstinence. Abstinence was, you know, the thing. Absolutely <laughs> not. Do not do anything. Mm-hmm. I know you feel this urge down there, but, you know, just have a Ignore. cold shower and like, pray about it. <laughs> have a cold shower and pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically. And, um, and so I always, you know, would th- think that when I do have kids, I will educate my children about sex mm-hmm. and not just the abstinence because that is what is taught in our schools in terms of sex mm-hmm. education. This is what you do. Um, you're going to feel these urges, but it's important for you to abstain until you get married. And if they do venture out and talk about sex, it is always in a negative or practice-like yeah. way. Yeah. They only teach about condoms or, you know, your cycle, learning the rhythm method. I think I learned yeah, that in yeah. home ec. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing in our sexual education program which talks about Loving, pleasure, yeah, loving your body, loving your body, or um, the way our bodies look. You know, it's, there's some men out there who think that because you sleep with, if you sleep with multiple men, that means her labia, her labia is gonna, gonna look long. long yeah. So there's a lot of like miseducation and myths that are out there that I feel right. our sexual education programs need to harness in on. And the top of those is our anatomy and how unique and beautiful it is. Self, self-love, 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 self-pleasure, 
as well as pleasure in terms of, you know, like partner. I don't mean to go like full in depth like porn, but I mean little things like, you know, knowing a female needs to be lubricated before you have sex because mm-hmm. it's important to educate them about these things yeah. or, you know, the cleanliness of, you know, having sex, making sure you, you know, you know, if you recognize this color discharge and this may mean, you know, there's yep. none of yep. that. It's always just put on a condom and hope show you, you don't get pregnant. And show you, yes, yes, yes. Hope you don't get pregnant. <laughs> hope to check your cycle. Show you a bunch of pictures and scare you about STDs and yes. syphilis. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, no. If they want to work with parents, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Because basically, I will give my child the, the real raw play, you know. Well, of course, I kind of PG turn it like I clean it up with age bit. appropriate. But I, I <laughs> yes. would give I would give my child the real life way. However, you would give the the teacher or the school would give it in the the basically the book way, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. However, I don't have a problem with working together. But it is your responsibility. It's my responsibility as a parent to teach my child how to be social in this world, how to think for him, um, think for himself, how she, how my daughter can think for herself. And it is my job to teach him about sex and sexuality. Why am I leaving that up to a total stranger? You're probably raised different from me. You know, you probably move different from me, and you maybe even see sexuality different from me. I don't think I should allow you to just teach everything to my children to my child, but as Aisha said as well, the sex education syllabus that's in the school these days are meh. It's nothing. It, it, it's, it's not reality. And these children need reality because mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, sex is everywhere for our children to see. And I don't think that there is like an open space for them to ask serious questions. Yeah. You know, um, I was watching a show, I won't name it, and in one of the, one of the classes, it was a guy and he was asking about anal sex and he was asking about, you know, what are the appropriate lubes to use and all of this stuff. And I mean, it seems as if he was, he was curious and he was educated in a sense because he's like, okay, I know I'm going to do this and I know it doesn't self lubricate. So I need to know what lubricant Mm -hmm. to get. And you could see in the teacher's face that he's like, what? You can't ask that in class. You, you, you can't ask that question. And then number two, he doesn't know the answer. Yeah. So how are you going to be we need real life education sexual education when you don't know those things, yeah. the fundamentals of sex and how it works yeah, and we need, everything that's kind of you know needed. You don't need to go into porn like and show them how to lift up the leg. No. But they need real answers to their mm-hmm. real questions. Yeah. No sh- not really too much of sugarcoating per se. Yeah. You know, and the syllabus in sex education right now is kind of weak to really stand up, you know, stand up to these children um, in 2020. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I've been hearing, too, is that not all the schools have sexual education programs. So Mm -hmm. there are some places that if you just happen to be there, you're not going to get anything, which is frightening. That's where it comes back as a parent. That's your role. That's really your role. And. I don't think a lot of, we help our children with mathematics and science and spelling words and, you know, letter writing, but we don't really help them when they say, mommy, you know, this little boy wanted to kiss me at school. Oh, it's, it's always enough. Like, oh, don't let anybody kiss, kiss you. you. Don't let anybody touch you. And, and so what that does is kind of Put like, a negative yeah. light on mm-hmm. it. And it's let's, important. let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to go after things that you try to put up in the box. 
They're going to gorge. Curiosity. Curiosity. And curiosity is okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I think you just need to have a conversation and be like, okay, well, why does he want to kiss you? Mm-hmm. And let them know when it is appropriate for a kiss. Mm-hmm. And even at that age, I see nothing wrong. I'm not a parent, but I see nothing wrong in, you know, giving a peck on the cheek or giving a hug because, you know, kids from, I mean, as, as humans, we need contact. And I think that that is um, light, a light sense of intimacy where the child is learning that it is okay to hug someone of the opposite sex or to give them a little pick on the cheek because these are ways that we show our affection and love for one. She touched on something that we touched on when it came to our gender affairs episode, gender roles. Sometimes because we don't teach children how to be innocent and be affectionate, you then have men who are growing up no, I'm don't doing. even know how to speak and tell how you how they feel, how to deal mm-hmm. with their emotions. So we tell little girls, okay, go hug that person, go kiss that person. But then we put little boys in a box like, oh no, don't touch that. No, you, you, you know, we teach boys to be aggressors, mm-hmm. to be aggressive while we teach little girls to be nice and coy and everything. But then you have women who are open, honest, know how to feel but you have men who are closed up and don't really know, want to feel because how verbalize how they feel. Right. Because already parents in a relationship with. Yeah. Like how do you build that intimacy when you've been trained so differently? Yes, even as a child. Yeah. And see, see, that's sex has a lot, lot to do, do with that. a lot. And that's why, like at the beginning of relationships, it's very important for you to really see the person that they're showing right in front of you as opposed to the potential you think. You know, um, we see red flags in the beginning all the time. Mm-hmm. However, we don't um, listen to those we don't red listen flags. or look at the red flags. Yeah. Mm. But as an individual, you need to do a, like a self-assessment. You need to figure out, okay, why, what, what goes wrong in my relationships? What am I good at communicating? Am I good at communicating? Am I good at showing emotion? Because that's what a relationship really is. An emotional, Love languages. It's an it's a emotional, um, what do you call it? Like an emotional back and forth we're giving and, and receiving from one another so if you don't know how you are as a person in a relationship then how can you have healthy relationships you need to start working on you. yourself first yeah so okay two-part question i guess mm-hmm. what are some of the red flags that someone could look out for at the very beginning of a relationship or you know any kind of courtship that could say okay maybe I'm going to pump the brakes on this one instead of going full speed ahead. What are some of those signs? I'll give one that I'm normally not the best at getting right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's passive aggressiveness. Mm. I think if someone, and it's really from like really small things like, you know, um, let's say something happened and you're, instead of talking about the situation, um, you either avoid it and give the silent treatment. Mm -hmm. That tells me automatically that you're not going to be good at communicating when we have a real problem, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to be always a me versus you type situation, not us against the problem, you know? So passive aggressiveness for me, it's like, as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh, no, it's not going to work because we're not going to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. And when we argue, like, you're going to give me a cold shoulder. Yeah, and you're going to shut down. Shut down. And that communication is really, really important to me. So passive aggressiveness 
No. <laughs> for, for me, a red flag, definitely, I'm going to be honest, is if you are not sure with your sex, who you are in your sexuality. That is a big red flag. Like, you don't really know what you like. You are not able to stand up and say what you like. I, that's a red flag. If you're not sure with your sex and your sexuality, who you are as a person and what drives you, that's a red flag for me because you're probably not on that level as I am, basically. And that's a big, big thing for me personally. Mm-hmm. So you this know? would be something like you're having those early conversations and you're like, what do you like in bed? What do you, you know, what pleases you? And this person is not able to respond in like a Or maybe... Way? Certain things like the person, like, okay, you have some men that make jokes, like, okay, let's say they, <laughs> let's say they watch the show and they come back with me with something like, oh, I watch your show and I heard you do this. If you're going to come with a negative, you know, comment or a negative reaction to what I said on the show, you're not sure about your sexuality, boo-boo. You're not on my level. You know, so it's not really that I'm having straight up sexual conversations the first time meeting you, but you know, we're adults, like sexual things will come up. And if you're making jokes about things and saying certain things, I'm like, nah, you're not on my level and you're not sure with who you are yet, Mm -hmm. you know? And it doesn't even have to only be, it doesn't even have to only be just sex. It could be with the way you talk about certain things, your passion, you know, can you express yourself? Can you really express yourself on what you feel about a certain topic? I take that all back to sexuality. For me, I take it all back to sexuality. For sure. Because if you lack a certain level of self-awareness, generally, that's going to translate into all aspects of your life. There you go. Well, you ladies are doing God's work, putting all this information out there for people to be able to access and like build an awareness around. And I think it's really important to put this out into our culture because... Like we've been talking about, there are so many problems, there are so many misconceptions, and it's hard to just find good information. Yes. I think the takeaway, like what we always say, is some people think that, you know, we just sit and talking about sex, but the topics that we choose, we really do a lot of research mm-hmm. to make sure that we're giving you the correct information. Um, our anal orgasms episode <laughs> <laughs> that had me in shambles because yeah. I'm like, I, just, I really want to make sure that people are doing everything safe. You know, mm-hmm. my my little corner, well, not my corner, but my candies, kinks, a lot of these things are dangerous. And it is, I just want people to know that it is okay to explore, but I want you to make sure you're doing it in the safe way. It's really, really important. It could save your life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's always a good to sex. I the only time for me personally, the only time sex is bad is when it's not good energy. Yeah, it's when you it's know, bad. when it's bad energy, of course, the sex is going to be bad. But sex is a beautiful, amazing, you know, positive thing. And it trickles down to a lot of aspects of our lives. It trickles down to the way we walk, the way we talk, you know, what we decide to wear today, how we decide to carry ourselves, you know, as women also over the years, you, you touched on it as well. You know, over the years, we've been always been shy and very hush hush when it comes to what we want in the bedroom and who we are with our sexuality. And for years we've hidden from it, but this is not the time to hide from it anymore. And it's not that, it's not that we're saying also, let's talk sex. It's not that we're saying that you guys have to be as loud and 
as brave as we are, but we just believe, hey, we have a platform to change this conversation. We really want to change this conversation. Mm -hmm. We want to let black people and black women and black men know there is nothing wrong with sex and sexuality. Once you are happy, once you are good, once you know who you are, embrace that part of you, you know? So we want everyone to know that these are basically our own opinions. We do our research, we get our information, but these are our opinions. And we just want people to, we just want to help. Yeah. We just really want to help and just change the conversation. And it totally shows. And I think one of the other, you know, really impactful aspects of what you ladies are doing is reducing like we haven't used this word but abuse because there's just so many ways that if you're remaining silent about things that you don't like that you're just allowing yourself to be used by other people and especially with this whole older generation not letting you know what's kosher and what isn't especially as young women then you become you know easier prey for older guys who might just you know take advantage of the fact that Yes. And we touched on that with our gender affairs episode, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to physical, mental, spiritual, financial abuse, yeah. um, financial. men, as much as women, we all need to own our sexualities, take ownership. And you, you have rights to your body. You have rights to your mind. And if you're in a relationship and someone is doing something that you don't like, you have rights to say no. I think too, in our culture, we have a heavy rape culture yes. in the Caribbean. Yes, we do. And when I say that, I mean like even down to simple things as consent mm-hmm. is something that even though it is required and this is mandatory, it is often overlooked. Yes. Um, when I was younger, I have been in situations where I, prob- I did, probably didn't really, really want to have sex that day, but he wanted to do it, so I just did it. And we're already in a relationship, so I just did it. But even in a relationship, or especially at the beginning of a relationship, consent is important. You do need to ask this person if it's okay to touch them in this way. Um, and I find here, in our culture, unfortunately, we don't have that. Men seem to think, or some men, I should say, seem to think that they can just... Be all up in your space be and be all up in your face. Claim you touch you without your consent or without even asking your permission and... We need to change it and speak up. It, it, I, I hate that feeling of uncomfortableness where, you know, you're talking to a guy and he just feels that he needs to come and, like, you know, grab you on your butt. Like, you're not even talking to them when they feel like they can come just Yes, it's, it's just so inappropriate. And, you know, they, there's this mindset that, you know what, do now and then, and then ask later, yeah. you know? Or just take it. You know, some men, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to just take it. If she didn't want it, she would say no. But some, unfortunately, they don't really have that voice to say no. They kind of just go go on, Mm -hmm. go along with it, if you will. And we know our our men are suffering too. We do know that, you know, sometimes as women, we think, oh, we are named woman. So we can do a man what we please and no. As much as we have rights to our bodies as women, a man does have rights to his body, his Mm -hmm. mind, and his soul. And we should also respect that. Yes, we are two black women who are trying to change the conversation, who are changing the conversation, I should say. But we do want men to know that this platform is for them. You know, speak to us, send us emails, join the conversation with us. We've had a beautiful interview, a beautiful episode with Colin John Jenkins. I think you had him on. Yeah, he was on here too, yeah. 
yeah, so we had a conversation with him about being a black Antiguan, a black married Antiguan. Antiguan. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful and amazing conversation. He spoke about, you know, men and depression and the suicide rates mm-hmm. for men, you know, yeah. reaching out, talking about emotions and so forth. So this platform is for men as much as it is for women. Yeah. But we just want to tell our queens, yo, lift your head up, you know, fix your crown. Own and your sexuality. you're having amazing orgasms. Yes, don't love your body. A, don't sit in a situation where you have to stifle who you are sexually. And, you know, don't be in a situation where you can't express what you, you need sexually. sexually you yeah. know? If you enjoy head and he will not give you head, then this is probably not the relationship for you. Because mm-hmm. once you're sexually frustrated in a relationship, it all down. other aspects <laughs> are going to just go downhill. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me as well. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for realizing the conversation that we're trying to change and assisting us with change in that conversation. So just in parting, let us know where we can find you on social media. For anyone who's not aware of your show yet, uh, let us know where we can find you online. So go straight to YouTube, guys. Type in Let's Talk Sex! Exclamation point. We're sure definitely going to pop up. Make sure you subscribe. Click the notification bell as well. We are on Instagram, Let's Talk Sex 268. And we are on Facebook as well, Let's Talk Sex. You can keep um, plugged in with us there because we post stuff in the week. We, you know, have random conversations in the week. And you'll be able to see when we do post our new episode, just in case you missed that email from the notification. Yeah. Also, send us your naughty confessions. Send us your naughty confessions. <laughs> so naughty confessions is something we do on the show where you can send us, you know, any little tidbit of something you've done, uh, something that you would like to do. If you want advice on how to do something that's a little naughty, mm-hmm. you can send that email to letstalksex268 at gmail.com. And we'll keep you anonymous. We'll read it out on the show. And the best part is because you've sent us a naughty confession. We have a naughty confession. We share a naughty confession with Mm. you guys. So, yeah. (laughs) And if you are interested in doing business with us, because we do bridal showers and we Ah. do workshops. So if you are interested in contacting us for business, let's talk sex 268 at gmail.com. Thank you again so much. This has been amazing and super educational. And I hope <laughs> our audience is going to enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grassroots Radio. If you enjoyed the conversation, show some love and help spread the word. You can do that by subscribing on Apple, Google, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Already subscribed? Consider leaving a five-star review. It helps other people find the show. If you have an idea for someone you want to see featured or a topic you want us to cover, Let us know. DM us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at grassrootsANU. Or email us at thenewgrassroots at gmail.com. For more about NGR, visit us at thenewgrassroots.com. Until next time, this is Grassroots Radio.